0: Get paid for your pad. 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 Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today we have an amazing guest on the show. For all you people out there who hate dealing with the tax implications of renting out on Airbnb, although there may be some of you that love it, I don't know. But for those of you guys who are looking for an expert to turn to, we have that expert on the show today. It's a close friend of mine in Jasper's and his name is Vincent Vilamino, and he's been doing this for a super long time, uh, helping all sorts of people. So without further ado, Vinny, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, guys. You guys could just call me the uh, the online tax man. It makes it easier.
0: The online tax man. I like that plug. All right. So for the online tax man, before we dig into all the awesome tips and and tricks that you have, why don't we why don't we dive into your background first? So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Well, I I fell in love with taxes in an early age. Um, When I uh, I didn't pay taxes when I was delivering pizzas. And uh, but no, seriously, I went um, to uh, I used to work at Cooper. kind of did the uh, the whole corporate uh, shenanigans, um, working in a big four firm and then working in a finance firm. And then, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, after a number of years, kind of working for the man, uh, decided to start uh, this company of my own. So it's online tax, man. It's essentially a a, a boats cpa firm we do uh tax preparation and planning and and all that sort of stuff for uh americans living abroad and then uh you know just regular americans as well that are living in the states et cetera, and then also foreigners that are are looking to invest in the states. so everything is is essentially online and you know we deal with a lot of people in real estate obviously that's a hot market both in the united states and then americans that are kind of trying to uh you know diversify and 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 get some other assets outside of the state so uh yeah so it's an interesting it's a, it's a big market so you see a lot of things and when did you start your company so i started uh back in 2010 so we've been going strong for four years um yeah and then before that working for the man. i see and i understand
0: you've been growing pretty rapidly uh, I know you've added on a bunch of personnel and are starting to tap into different regions of South America. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So we, uh, we, we, I mean, I focus on South America. I think part of it is just, you know, uh, it's a lifestyle choice. I love South America. I, I like traveling down there and, and the people of course, um, but you know, we definitely have clients from around the world just cause you know, the virtual nature of, of, of our practice um so you know people find us or get referred to us from everywhere but uh you know definitely have kind of a a strong south american presence at the same time
0: terrific okay now we've heard about your very impressive background let's dig in let's go for it uh i know that Jasper has been dying to jump in there and ask you some questions so i'm going to let Jasper take the wheel
2: absolutely finny thanks for being on the show um let's let's start with uh with a pretty basic question let's say that i want to start an airbnb listing in the u.s and i'm going to make a little bit of money off it how does that
1: influence my tech situation sure so basically um you know once you start renting through airbnb and, and you're a u.s citizen right or, or or not even a citizen let's say you you either are a citizen or live in the u.s etc you have kind of a uh ssn or tax id number which you know again Airbnb would 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 essentially ask you for um and the reason they ask you for 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 your SSN or tax ID number is because they are tracking uh the money that you're making on their site and obviously the reason that they're tracking this is because they have to report to the IRS uh the money that 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 the uh you know that they're uh clientele they the people that have the actual houses not the not the people that are renting but the owners um, that they're tracking how much money they're making because at the end of the year um, they're going to report to the irs and the irs in turn is going to issue to uh to the people um a 1099k right and what this 1099k is it's really just a summary of Uh, You know, however much money that they that they collected throughout the year. Right. So let's say it's, you know, twenty thousand dollars. And then it's it's up to the uh, the owner um, to also uh, deduct all their expenses regarding the house and regarding with 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 renting the property. Right. So first off, uh, the first thing, and this is the big thing that people don't recognize uh, when they get that 1099 K is that that's, that's gross. That's actually not even net of commissions. So the first thing you need to, you need to, you need to calculate is off that 20,000. And I forget what it is you guys probably know, but it's like, I think one and a half percent or whatever the commission is paid to Airbnb. You have to calculate that. And, and off the top, you want to deduct that, right? Cause you actually never really received that full 20,000. Um, and then, you know, again, any other sort of expenses um you know if you had a cleaner if you had to buy linens you had to buy uh, uh certain accessories maybe you had repairs um utility bill you know all the all these kind of normal expenses that one would uh, for any rental property um they, they would have to do it you know especially if it's a um well if the home is actually owned by the person then you know, mortgage interest and property tax. If it's uh, rented out uh, by the person, then re-rented via Airbnb, then you know, of course, rent would uh, would be partially deductible or fully deductible, depending on 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 that. You know, how much how how much time they rented it to the person versus lived in it. But you know, again, I think the the, the biggest thing for anyone that's kind of going to jump into this, especially in the states, is to start tracking their expenses, et cetera, so that they have some money or so they could deduct against the money that, that they have to recognize that they earned, um, that, that goes on file with the IRS and essentially is kind of unavoidable as far as, uh, not trying to claim that because the IRS does have those records and they will, uh, it will come after people that, that don't uh, report that income.
0: And so Vinny, but, I, I know you mentioned that there's, there's certain maintenance things that you can deduct. What about big expenditures like building a pool or remodeling the kitchen, something like that?
1: Well, um, you know, that, that could be partially, the thing is, so in, 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 in kind of the, the grand scheme of, of, of how one uh, deals with like real estate on their taxes, You kind of have to do it in two ways, right? One is like repairs and maintenance. So like something breaks, you fix it, right? And the other thing is kind of renovation and improving the value of the house. And anytime you improve the value of the house, like adding a pool or adding, you know, renovation or new light fixtures, etc. You know, that's not really repair. That's adding value. So you have to... uh, you have to add it on to the value of the house, and then you could depreciate that value. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with the concept of depreciation, but essentially it's, you know, you have a house, let's say $100,000, you're allowed to depreciate it over 27 and a half years. And that's that's a standard that's a standard uh, amount of time. It's 27 and a half years, boom. No uh no, you know, you, you don't change that. And 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 let's say you're you're the house. Goes from a hundred thousand to one hundred fifty thousand because you added a pool and all this thing, all these renovations. Then all of a sudden, you're 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 depreciating off the one hundred and fifty thousand and and not the hundred thousand. So um, so again, and then that obviously means that, you know, year after year, your depreciation expense is higher. You get to deduct that, um, you know, against your income, and uh, you know, and then obviously you show less income or potentially even show a loss sometimes with the depreciation.
2: Right, Vinny. And one question I have is, does it matter if you rent out your whole house versus just one room? Because I can imagine if you're just renting out one room and you know, you're know you renovating the kitchen, then uh, I imagine you can't really um, you use that full renovation cost as an expense.
1: Yes, that, that's a great point. And, that, and, and, you know, that, that actually leads to another point as well, which is, you know, you do definitely want to pro rad it, basically, if, let's say you, let's say you, uh, and, and that d- it doesn't even apply to just renovation and depreciation, it can apply to anything, right? So, for example, um, let's say you own a house, and, you know, you're renting out a room, let's say it's a three-bedroom apartment, for example, you're renting out a room, And, uh, you know, you have your depreciation, you have uh, utilities, um, you have, uh, um, you know, maintenance and and just kind of regular costs that we incur living, right? But you're only renting out one room and you're using the two other bedrooms for for personal usage that you're living in and with, you know, another roommate or significant other, whatever. Um, So when it comes to kind of these group expenses like depreciation, like utilities, um, you know, maybe even the cleaning lady, if, if you're, 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 know, if the cleaning lady's cleaning your room as well, etc. Um, you know, you want to split these costs by three and you can only deduct a third of them because, you know, technically you're, you're benefiting, you know, you're still using the same electricity. You're still using the same, uh, um. Uh, wi fi and internet expense, so you can 't just like deduct all of it towards airbnb you you have to be reasonable and do a pro rata on 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 what you you used versus the tenants now the other example of of this sort of pro rata calculation which is also important is you know again let's say you're um you have a house let's say you're renting an apartment. Okay, but you're you know you're a frequent traveler. Let's say you know you're 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 Dutch and you're traveling around the world, and your name is Traveling Dutchman. <laughs> it just did random random thought. Random uh, thoughts, right? But but point is, is if you know, let's say you're living in your house half the year, and and then half the year you're 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 renting it out on Airbnb. Now, you know the expenses you you incur you know throughout the year, like this depreciation. Like, uh, you know, let's say you have to pay a monthly maintenance fee or, 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 or a condo fee to, to, you know, the housing association every month, regardless of whether you live in there or not, etc., um, etc., cetera, et cetera, then you have to really do a job of tracking. Um, and, and Airbnb, I think, does, you know, does do this somewhat. Um, but you have to do a job of, okay, out of 365 days in the year, how many days was my house rented? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you, you have to kind of use that pro rata calculation to, again, kind of do a, a, a proportionate, um, deduction of some of these kind of blanket expenses that you're going to pay anyway throughout the year. So those are, those are two, um, those are two areas, uh, that you want to, um, you know, you want to kind of be able to do the calculation, you want to recognize that that's, uh you know that that's an important uh area to uh to deduct
2: well that makes sense to me um let's say you're you're renting out the house half of the year versus the whole year then you should only uh deduct like 50 percent of of the maintenance on the house and if you're renting out one room uh, in a two-bedroom place then you know, you should probably like split the cleaning costs and, and stuff like that. So right. I think that's a it's it's kind of like just common sense and, and what's reasonable. This is the guideline, I guess. And my, my next question would be: Is this kind of the same? Um, does this apply for all the different states, or
1: are there big differences between states? Um, you know, states are, are generally um, pretty. You know pretty similar um you know obviously you do your fed tax and then and then um you do your uh your uh your local tax your state tax um you know that there are certain nuances for example w- between states and it's not as much um with um you know airbnb but like for example like in massachusetts you could deduct rents against you know things and and and, and you know there's certain like credits let's say in some states for you know clean energy improvements etc so i mean there are certain nuances um but they're frankly more general to like homeowners in general not not anything um uh, very specific to um uh you know to renting out your place as a, as a, as a cash flow investment okay now vinnie we understand that
0: you have a lot of clients that you work with who who purchase homes and apartments abroad Now that are American, but purchase homes and apartments abroad for the purpose of renting them out on Airbnb. Where have you seen clients primarily invest? In what what regions, what areas of the world?
1: Um, Well, we work a lot in in South America. So I see a lot of people uh, renting out um, and making cash flow in uh, Medellin, uh, Colombia. Um, Panama is another one Um, you know of course uh, you know people go in in Europe and 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 are able to be successful in renting out in some of the uh, the main tourist destinations in Europe Um,
0: what do you think and what do you think ties these locations together for example you mentioned Medellin and some other places why why do you think these particular regions are attractive
1: um, well, I mean, I think when it comes to, like Medellin, for example, you know, there, there's kind of a, been a large, um, influx of, 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 tourism, um, to these places and, you know, there might not be like a big short-term rental market, and especially not catered towards, you know, Americans or foreign tourists. And so, you know, that's where I see a lot of, uh, of, of people coming and buying properties and renting it through Airbnb or, or, or you know, trying to kind of market themselves through, uh, you know, Facebook or maybe other avenues. Um, so, you know, I certainly, certainly see a lot of uh, of people investing abroad, etc.
0: All right, so Vinny. I know that you in, in doing this you've you've come up with a cool little list I'd say of, of do's and don'ts for people who are interested in jumping into offshore offshore real estate investing um, why don't you why don't you go down that list for us sure so
1: i'll start with kind of the don'ts and some of the pitfalls i've seen um, you know I think one thing is you know you want to really um You know, be aware of who you're dealing with, uh, who's managing the property, uh, et cetera, right? Because, you know, I've seen Americans uh, try and invest, especially in South American countries, and get burned um, both, you know, from a, uh, uh, you know, in the buying process with kind of more and more fees um, in the selling process as well, in the renovation process and renting it out um, if they, you know, let other people kind of manage that.
0: So now, and, and, and these fees, are they imposed by the government or essentially people are, are jacking the price up on them and, and essentially essentially taking money from them?
1: Uh, it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think, you know, when it comes to like putting offers on property, et cetera, I've seen jacked up things, um, you know, when, when kind of dealing with lawyers and, and, and the closing costs, I've seen kind of hidden fees all of a sudden come out, so... You know, I think it's kind of just very uh, important to just be aware of what the fees are and what needs to be done, and then also have a trusted uh, attorney present, um, you know, from that native country to, uh, to have to deal with it, so to speak. Um,
2: Interesting. So, Vinny, I um, I just thought of uh, of something I want to ask you. Sure. I know that a lot of people started looking into buying a house specifically for renting out an Airbnb. And I wonder, is there a difference between renting out long-term versus renting out short say in terms of, of your tax implications?
1: Um, there's not, there's not really a, there's not really a like long-term versus short-term. No, I mean, You know, again, like when you look at kind of like um, if it's if it's I think the big thing actually is, you know, is the is the rental property uh, exclusively for renting out or is it for personal use as well? Right. So, for example, um, let's say you buy a place in Medellin, you know, do you go to Medellin half the year? Are you actually using it or is it just in Medellin and um, you know, you have to, if it's if it's vacant, you're still incurring the same cost. You're not going to go use it versus if it's occupied 100% of the time. And I think, you know, the reason is, again, if it's strictly for renting out, then you can pretty much deduct all these mortgage interest and maintenance and all these expenses, you know, 100% just because, you know, you're still going to have to pay that if it's rented out or not versus if you're using it. Um, um, you know, for only half the year and then you're, 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 renting it out. But I mean, I think, um, just to kind of get back to the offshore real estate investing, cause there's a few points that I think are very advantageous for people, um, who, uh, who are, um, you know, again, Americans, let's say that want to uh, invest abroad, you know, and kind of, let's say just offshore assets and, 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 and buy real estate abroad. Now, one thing to be aware of is that um, if you, let's say you buy a house, but you buy it, let's say you don't buy it in your name. Let's say you buy it in the name of the company. Similar to like in the United States, you know, both U.S. and and foreign people, you know, they'll, they're not going to buy the house directly. They're going to buy it through an LLC, and that helps, uh, you know, liability implications. So if... Uh, Whatever you have a tenant that cracks their head on the floor, they can't blame you and sue you for 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 things, right? If you let's say uh, you were to buy a house again uh, abroad, but not in your name and in a in a in in the name of a foreign corporation, all of a sudden, if that house is worth over two hundred thousand dollars, and you're, you know, let's say single or filing separately, I mean, there's certain thresholds, but that's use two hundred thousand dollars. Um, then you have to report that asset to the U.S. government because it's a financial asset. So you have to do uh, what's known as a Form eighty nine thirty Um So there's there's certain reporting requirements potentially for having foreign assets. the The second thing um, that I think is is important when you when you think about maybe investing abroad is you know you you probably should set up a company abroad that owns the property or, or at least maintains the property and you could do that because it's a certain tax deferment strategy that one can employ for uh for any money that they're earning abroad and it, generally how that works is you know for example you you're, you're getting twenty thousand dollars a year you're you're you're, you're spending five thousand dollars a year so you in income from a foreign real estate investment is $15,000 a year. right? Well, normally if that was in the States, you'd have to recognize that income, you'd have to be taxed on it as such, so so on and so forth. No, uh, no, uh, no, no, no implications on that. However, if you have a foreign company and you're renting it, you know, again, kind of through the foreign company, you're allowed to retain those earnings abroad meaning you're not repatriating, you're not bringing them back to the state. You're just kind of keeping that that 15000 every year abroad. And, and you're doing that, again, in the form of retained earnings. You're keeping it in the company. Let's say you're building up cash flow, or I should say just cash, um, to renovate that property later, or maybe buy a new property, what have you. Now, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. And obviously, let's say that net 15000 that you earn you do not have to pay tax on that that year. That's uh, what's known as tax deferred, meaning you know again, you could kind of keep on accumulating it, retaining it, keeping it abroad, and not pay tax on that money until you repatriate into the United States. so that's yeah, a very like little known trick where you could essentially kind of defer paying tax, meaning you don't have to pay tax until you bring the money you know into the u s. Or you could just keep on piling that money abroad. And then obviously, uh, when you, you could spend it on renovations, you could spend it on buying a new house, et cetera. And then you're just deferring that, that, that money.
0: This is, that is an, a really, really interesting tip and a great one, one that I, I hadn't thought of. So just to, to sum it up. It sounds like if you if you set up the foreign corporation correctly, as long as the money doesn't come back into the us, you can keep it separate and have it as you put tax deferred, where you're not paying u s taxes on that money so long as it doesn't re-enter the us. Did I get that right?
1: Yeah, essentially. I mean, you want to keep it in retained earnings, um, you know you want to have it for you know putting capital into the house and, 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 and doing and, and, and maybe reinvesting it. And as long as you're not repatriating into the United States, um, you would have you would you would be able to uh, to, to tax it for. I guess the only other point, which kind of gets back to the asset declaration, is of course if that money is abroad and in a foreign bank account, if that foreign bank account happens to be over ten thousand U.S. dollars at any point in time, uh, you would have to report that foreign bank account, and that's uh, what's known as F bar for a foreign bank account reporting. So that's another uh, thing to be aware of as a, as, a, as a U.S. person with foreign assets or foreign bank accounts. All
0: right, that is, that is really, really cool stuff. So we've talked a little bit about, from the American perspective, if they want to do some offshore real estate investing, what about, what advice do you have for foreigners who are interested in buying property in the US to rent out as an Airbnb property.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, yeah, there's certainly a lot of, lot of pe- foreigners doing that. I actually see a lot of foreigners, uh, particularly, you know, coming and, and, and buying a property um, for Airbnb and other purposes. You know, Airbnb, particularly in, in Miami, um, Chicago, and, and, and some of the uh, major hubs, and then Arizona. Um, and then uh, you know for other kind of cash flow purposes, but there are a few things uh, that foreigners should be aware of if they're they're looking to make money in the U.S. off Airbnb, etc. Um, you know, one being that a, if you're looking to make buy a real estate property in the U.S. as a foreigner, you want to make sure you have the cash, or you want to you know make sure that you have sufficient cash because it's a lot harder to get a mortgage in the U.S. as a foreigner, right? That's just kind of off the bat, but I think. Um, you know, I think the, the, the interesting part is that, you know, if you if you make money in the U.S. as a foreigner, you have to pay U.S. tax, and this goes back to what I said at the beginning of the podcast, which is, you know, Airbnb is going to get a, you know, they're going to need a uh, uh, what's a social security number or an I really. As a foreigner, you need an I which is a individual tax ID number, and you have to actually go and apply it to the IRS um, and get that tax ID number with, you know, your copy, of your certified copy of your passport and other documentation. But you uh, you apply uh, for that, and then using that number, you could again you fill out a tax return, generally a 1040NR for non-residents, and you. Um, you know you go through the motions as a u.s. taxpayer and and have to pay uh pay u.s. income tax on that money earned and and
0: how long does this process usually take
1: um well yeah i mean the the i-10 application process is is definitely at least like three to six weeks so you know i think the biggest thing is which you could actually do um you can actually get the uh the um Sorry, it was the same. Uh, no, the th- yeah, it takes three or six weeks, but you could actually get the ITIN when you file a tax return. So you do the tax return, and then along with the actual physical document, you attach what's known as the W-7. Um, and that that is the application for the ITIN, for the taxpayer ID number. And so you kind of do it simultaneously.
0: Okay, awesome. Vinny, we really enjoyed having you on the show. I think you gave a bunch of really great insights. Uh, for all of you out there, again, this is Vinny or Vincent Lamina. And Vinny, why don't you give a plug for your company? Because I know you work with a ton of expats in South America and all over the world.
1: Yeah, you, you guys could just call me the tax man at this point. Uh, yeah, I have a website. It's called OnlineTaxman.com. It's spelled exactly how it said. O n l i n e t a x m a n, and again, like like Zepha said, we uh, specialize in international tax situations, but really on the U.S. side. So, uh, the U.S. expats abroad, uh, Americans, you know, that, that live in the U.S. and invest in the U.S., and then foreigners that are investing in the U.S. Um, so, if you go to the website, um, you could uh, sign up for a free consultation, and then myself. Or one of the uh, other CPAs will give you the, the, the consultation about your tax situation. Answer any question you have without obligation. And uh, yeah, we're here to help. And obviously, uh, you know, that's, this is what we do. This is our bread and butter. So um, go to the website or you can email me at Vincenzo to But I'm sure uh, we'll, uh, we'll have all the contact details uh, when the podcast is released. Absolutely. And, uh, look forward to uh, working with uh, with all the listeners out there.
0: Terrific, and that's right, guys. If you guys want more information on the online t- online tax man, you can find all his contact info in our show notes. To get the show notes, go to www.getpaidforyourpad.com forward slash podcast. And to get more tips on Airbnb hosting, you can download the first three chapters of our book for free at www.getpaidforyourpad.com. Vinny, thank you. And with that, we have another awesome episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Get not pay for your pet, can't 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 pay for your pet.